Welcome to Asphalt Talk, a podcast by and for asphalt professionals. Join our expert hosts as they tackle real industry issues to pave a smoother way for asphalt suppliers and producers. This podcast is sponsored by MAPA, the Missouri Asphalt Pavement Association. Founded to promote quality and accountability, MAPA has been serving the asphalt producers of Missouri since 1990. And now a public service announcement from our sponsor, May Create Design. Google Translate doesn't work for web designer to paving company translations. You say hot mix and it thinks you're talking about the latest snack craze. Wouldn't it be nice to work with a designer who knows the difference between binders and bitumen? Work with folks who have been speaking your language for the past 17 years. Visit maycreate.com. That's M-A-Y-E create.com. Because if you think your website sucks, so does everyone else. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Asphalt Talk. I'm your host, Rick Bierman, with Missouri Asphalt Pavement Association. Today, I'm sitting down with a couple of special guests. I've got Rusty Durbin, the chairperson of our Emerging Leaders Committee, and Steph Opping, co-founder and chief learning officer at The Learning Company. We're coming together today to discuss our personal development track at this year's MAPA Back to Basics Spring Training. This year's event is a little earlier than it has been in the past. Quite honestly, it's a little bit confusing calling it spring training. We're coming together Wednesday, February 7th, and Thursday, February 8th, at the Holiday Inn Executive Center in Columbia, Missouri. For more information and registration, please visit the MAPA website. Rusty, thanks for coming with me today, and I guess uh, you're going to be my, my co-host on this adventure that we're going down. And tell us a little bit about yourself and the uh, the emerging leaders and kind of uh, what your role is and what that committee does for the Pavement Association. Well, thanks for having me, Rick. Uh, so, Rusty Durbin, I do the asphalt sales for New Frontier Materials here in the St. Louis area, um, and as chair of the emerging leaders, I try to guide this committee into our goals. Um, the committee is made up of people, professionals that are up and coming or emerging, if you will, as leaders in their companies. Um, this committee is designed to strive to promote the proper use of asphalt, pavement selection, and to collectively advance the asphalt market. At the same time, this committee helps to achieve MAPA's goals by working with the big board as responsible. Uh, we do a clay bird shoot in April. We co-host a joint meeting with the Arkansas Young Leaders in October. And most importantly, pertinent to this podcast, uh, we're responsible for the professional development track at the Black to Basic Spring Training. Cool. I think this is our this is our our second year of uh, of having a a dedicated personal development track at this uh, at spring training. I know the emerging leaders personal development was was one of the I guess founding pillars of of that group, and it's it's just kind of been expounded upon to to create a uh, a full uh, full track developed uh, at, at this at this event. So it's uh, this will be our second year and. Steph, I guess you're 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 lucky enough to uh, to to, I guess we worked out some of the bugs last year, so you you'll, you're going to get the the best rendition, I guess, of of, of the group. Um, so tell us a little bit about who you are and kind of what uh, what leadership company does and what what we can look forward to at this year's uh, this year's personal development track. Yeah, thanks, Rick and Rusty, for having me. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to join you. I heard good things about last year. So uh, yeah, we'll build upon that success. So uh, what do we do at Leadership & Co? We work with uh, organizations and the leadership within that organization 
uh, to do much of what Rusty just described that you are trying to do for the association. So uh, we just help give skills, competencies, and maybe most importantly, confidence uh, to leaders in terms of the skills that they need today. So leadership is a challenge. And maybe really quickly, Rick, just I keep, you know, we've said leadership a couple of times. Uh, when we think of leaders, we don't necessarily think of you know, traditional managers um, in that you can be a leader and not have a direct report, um, especially in today's highly matrixed environment. So you may be leading projects, you might be leading initiatives, you might be leading big client or customer work. Um, so it doesn't necessarily mean that you've got sort of that direct, you know, solid line reporting relationship. Um, we believe that's critical and that's what we think about when we say management. Um, lots of leaders are also managers, but there's lots of people who are leading who aren't necessarily managing. And so, um, again, I think the differentiation is somewhat important uh, in that we do a lot of work around that leadership piece. And so, as I understand, potentially the folks that might be signing up for this personal development track, I, I based on what I've heard you say, I think lots of them probably have manager responsibility, but lots of them also have and or um, have that leadership uh, responsibility as well. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, um, you know, and one of the, you, you hit on a key component there is I, I think a lot of the you know, potential attendees here, you know, they may not have that, that direct report um, from an employee standpoint, but they may be having to be leaders in the field or, you know, be able to have, um, even just customer facing conversations, you know, and, and our customers don't necessarily, you know, um, aren't necessarily the traditional customer per se, but, you know, it may be having to deal with job site inspectors or, you know, public owners or something along those lines. So, you know, being cognizant of that and being able to, you know, even just lead conversations in, in a productive way, I think is something that that can definitely come out of this. One of the things that I think that was kind of interesting when I was, you know, reading through some of the stuff that, that you presented to us on what you would like to accomplish here was that, you know, when you said like on, on I think it was on your website that I saw it, that 60% of leaders never complete any form of, you know, formalized leadership training, yet they're responsible for driving 80% you know, of the initiative strategies, that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, for our industry, that those two numbers might even be higher. Um, I think a lot of folks become, quote unquote, leaders because they were really good at their their trade or really good at their skill. And the next thing you know, they're they're now, you know, a, 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 a lead on, on the project or, or on the team or whatever. And, and, and nobody has time to, quote unquote, you know, we ain't got time for leadership training. Just go out there and do the job. And I think we, we so that that I think is a, is a unique opportunity for some of our our members. Well, maybe before I weigh in there, let's hear from another expert in that area. Rusty, what's your what's your thought on that is? Would you agree with Rick's assessment that potentially while we see 60 percent kind of out in nature, uh, what's your perception of your <laughs> industry? You think that number is higher or lower in terms of who gets leadership development? Oh, I would say it's probably even lower. I mean, or I mean, it's higher, I guess, that do not have leadership not have, training yeah, right. in any way, right? I think, as Rick said, like, 
basically most people, you do a good job, you get promoted, you take all leadership responsibilities. People look to you for answers just because you've been there and done that, but you've never been taught or trained in any way to actually how to deal with people and how to lead people through these projects. Yeah. So, uh, and the way we learn it is we watched others do it. And that might mean that we had some really good leaders that we watched and we learned some really effective ways to lead others in other cases. And parenting is coming to mind at the moment, or in other cases, we've yeah. learned maybe what not to do. And we repeat, even though we say we're not going to, we still repeat those same things that we saw didn't work with us. We repeat them again. And in many instances, I think it's because as we've just identified, we don't we don't know how to do it any differently. Um, if you've not, if you've never seen it done well, and you've never gotten any training to know how it's done well, we just know we just do what we know. I think you know, if you think about it that way, leadership is 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 a skill. And even though some of us are, you know, you we love to throw that term out like, oh, that guy, he's just a natural born leader. He's got charisma, and people just follow him. It, which is great. That's a, that's a wonderful trait to have. But if you don't, you know, it, like you said, in parenting or, you know, if we, if we bring this to like a, a skill of a sport, right. And if I'm, you know, yeah, I might have a really naturally gifted, you know, right arm, but if I don't hone that skill and practice and, and go to a pitching coach or have somebody help me tweak the, you know, my, my mechanics here and there, you know, I, I'm only half the, the pitcher that I could be. And I, I see leadership being no different. You know, I just because I'm naturally gifted at it, I, I could I could probably stand to have a, a a leadership coach, you know, point out some mechanical things that oh I've never thought of it that way or I've never looked at it that way. You know, I wasn't taught that direction, but that's even really you know. So I think that you know there's a lot of skills that can um, I guess practice with. Well, I couldn't agree more, and. You know, I, I don't want to pivot too quickly into exactly what we'll do in the session, but we're actually hitting on something we're going to talk about. And that is even the when do you know when to do which, right? So using your analogy that you just used, Rick, you know, if I might be a great pitcher, but if you never put a ball in my hand and gave me any guidance or directions, like if you don't teach me first, I don't even know, I'm not a clue. I might actually be naturally gifted. Um, or inclined to be able to do those things. But if you never give me the chance, and Rusty, I go back to even the words you used about emerging leaders. In some cases, these are people who are doing things where they haven't been given sort of the formal authority yet. Um, are they capable? What tools can we give them in advance of need? Which, which, what a novel concept. Again, we just described, most of us have learned on the job. What an amazing thing that we would give people the skills that they need before we actually put them in the position, again, Rick, I'll go back to the analogy. Imagine you just said, well, surely you've seen pitching before. So go ahead. Here's the ball. Get in the game. And you're like, what? Uh, what? Like, yeah. I've never even tried this before. What do you mean get in the game? But that's how most of us have done it. So I think what, what we're trying to do is for even if you've been playing the game for many years, as you just suggested, there may be some different things that you can do mechanically. Um, there may be some techniques or tools or some practice that you could do, some drills, if you will, um, that you just haven't done before. So you may already be a pretty darn good pitcher. We're not teaching pitching, by the way, that uh, you could be good at it, but we're going to give you some additional things um, for you to think about.
you know, that's stuff. That's a good point. And you, you mentioned kind of, you know, pivoting, I guess, to getting into some of the specifics here. So tell me about what we, you know, what we're planning to do, you know, with this, I think, Rusty, what do we have? Five, six hours, I think, is, is what we're, what we're looking at there. Um, yeah, it should be six hours, two, three hour sessions. Okay. So we got, yeah, that's right. Two, yeah, three hours on, on Wednesday and three hours on Thursday. So with that time, Steph, are, are, are you, I mean, is this going to be like a whole lot of lecture? You, you stand up there and, and talk the whole time and we take notes and then go home and throw those on our desk and go back to managing projects or, you know, what, what are we looking at here? we got some interaction. What are, what are we going to be doing? I feel like Rick, you've been burned by training before, and I see Rusty's face and he's smiling. So I suspect both of you may have been burned in the past. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we've all, and then that, that's when we obviously, you know, we we want we're striving for something different. We've all been to, you know, training all the way back to high school, right? Where it's, you know, you sit there, like I said, you sit there and listen to somebody talk, and like you said. It's like watching somebody pitch. So this is how I do it. Now you now go do it. And and you're like, okay, great. You take those handouts and throw them on your desk and you go back to doing what you did before. So we're hopeful that, that you're about to tell us that this is not going to be that way. I think you've set me up for success. So thank you for painting a painful picture. And now <laughs> I'll swoop in and tell you about how it won't be that. Um, but it won't. Uh, we don't believe that's how people learn. And quite honestly, the example that you gave of trying to even do that in high school, most of us will remember that and remember how much we didn't learn uh, doing it that way. So uh, no, not at all. Even in the fact that you said, or Moresti said, you know, it's two, three hour sessions. That might even sound painful to someone, particularly if it was what you just described. Um, mm -hmm. I, you, you, if you sign up and come, you can tell me afterwards if this is indeed the case, but I do hope that three hours does not feel like three hours that it will fly by because we, and what we do at Leadership & Co. is we really do believe in grounding any learning and development activity in the work that you do, right? We're all adults. We're out there doing a job. So how do we teach a tool, a framework? Uh, around something that you're going to learn. In this particular case, we're going to talk about leading through change or leading in change. And uh, we're going to make it really relevant to the work that you're doing. So we're going to already be thinking about who do you need to influence around a particular change? How do you communicate that change? How do you think specifically about the people, really the people you have to influence to make that change and how you can, I communicate that differently based on the way that they need to learn. I've already mentioned, you know, we're going to teach a little bit about teaching and coaching and what's the difference and what makes the most sense given the situation and the individual. Um, so I think exactly what you just described is not going to happen. We're going to be really interactive and um, not, not just from me. The other thing is, is I do believe that I'm a facilitator not as much a teacher, right? I'm going to give you a couple tools and then I want to facilitate discussion amongst the group in the room. So how do we learn from each other in terms of what works and what doesn't, given again, kind of the context um, or tools or frameworks that I give you uh, to discuss. So I promise it will be interactive. I promise that it's going to be super, super practical. So no management theory. Uh, and I promise that uh, that you will walk away learning something. You are going to hear either it's the tool or framework that I give you, or you're going to hear a technique or a story or an example from someone in the room that makes you think a little bit differently. 
take it home and then be able to, to, to implement it in their day-to-day life. You know, we, I, we, we've, we've had, we've been blessed here at the association to have um, Dan Stabell, somebody is uh, part of the industry and he's done quite a few different trainings for us. And one of the key things that he, he mentions in every one of his trainings is, and he pulls out the, I think it was the city slickers picture and, 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 just one thing. So if you can walk away from here and I, you know, we're going to talk about a bunch of different things and, you know, if, but if you can walk away from here with just remember, you know, just take one thing home with you, be one, you know, what do they say? Be 1% better today than you were, you know, yesterday, then, you know, then it, it's a, it's a positive experience. So I, it sounds like, you know, you, you, you've got a, a great game plan. And I guess my, my other, my follow-up question is when we talk about, um, change are, are are we are we focusing on I mean I guess is there is there a a single area of change that we're talking about are we talking about you know change within our organization implementing some sort of new change or and or are we encompassing just you know industry change life change the world is you know is always changing what what you know I, I don't know you know that's kind of a very open ended question but when we talk about quote unquote, leading and change, what does that change, what does that mean? So Rick, uh, let me come back and I'm going to answer your question in just a moment. But uh, Rusty, I know you're you're the one who originally reached out and um, as we kind of started to think about this and then um, brought Rick into the conversation. What are you hearing kind of when we landed on leading and change? Like what what drove you to say, I think this is the right answer, given the conversations you had kind of leading up to this? I would say, you know, with the change, it's the it's the changing environment that we're all working in right now. Um, it's the transition from the older to the younger generations, the just the change in the cultures that are up and coming in, you know, in our industry and in our um, companies itself. So basically navigating that journey through that change is I think everybody could use a little help. Yeah. Oh, thanks. And I, I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought up the generational thing. It's, uh, and I'm a bit of a, I think even on our website, I talk about being a generational junkie. Um, I'm fascinated by it because it's so fascinating. Uh, we are working with it sometimes as many as five generations in an organization actively working. Um, and that's never happened in history. And that brings all sorts of weird dynamics, right? So, um, that just in itself is a huge change that we're all, I'm going to say wrestling with. And in some cases, like, you know, it's not wrestling every day. I actually think it's a gift. There's so much to learn from those who are generations before us or generations that are, um, now entering the work workplace. So I really do believe it's a gift, but it can provide some challenges. So, um, I'm glad you use as an example, um, but I'll also just latch on to the other thing that you said. We're all going through some sort of change, organizational change, and even personal change. Um, I'm really reflecting on myself. I think I shared with both of you that um, I just took my kids to college. One left in the fall and one just left in the spring. So talk about personal change. Um, I think when we teach the leading and change content, uh, Rick, to go back and answer your question, I think yes is my answer to your question. Uh, we are going to talk about the big changes that are happening kind of in the macroeconomic environment, right? The big changes like 
Um, the whole way that we, I mean, the fact that we're sitting on a Zoom recording a podcast is not something we were doing two to three years ago. That's a change. The generational change we just mentioned. We're all going through change in terms of organizational change. That could be technology, that could be leadership change, that could be structural change, that could be change in the way that we go to market or customers that we're working with or products, whatever those are. Um, but then there's also just the the stuff, like the the personal stuff that you're going through. So I firmly believe, and again, you all can hold me accountable at the end of this, whether or not I, I live up to this, but I think when we teach this content, um, we, we are talking about all the change. I think whatever we teach, the frameworks, how we think about change, how we communicate change, I think will apply to all of those things that I just mentioned. Um, and I'll get a little bit ahead. I don't know, uh, Rick, if you're going to talk about this specifically. For anyone that came to the session last year, um, you guys did some things around behavioral, um, the way we show up, uh, you know, kind of the, the psychometrics. And I think it was DISC, if I'm not mistaken, um, that you all learned about. Is that right? Yeah, we did a, a, the, the DISC assessment was the, the training that we did last year. Yeah. So if 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 people are uh, came last year, Again, we're not going to leave that in the dust. We're going to build on that a bit. I use a different model, um, so different different language, but same concept. Um, and we're going to talk about stress and what, how stress shows up. And there are some, again, patterns of behavior based on your, I, I hesitate to call it personality type. It's more about how you behave um, and behavior can change. So slight difference, but we'll talk about it in the session. But we'll build on what people learned last year in terms of what does stress look like? Because change is stressful. And so how do we see that in ourselves and better cope with stress? Um, but how do we see it in others? And so how do we help those around us, whether they be on our teams, whether they be our customers, or even in some cases, like we just described, um, they may be our kids, our spouse, our in-laws, our et cetera. So um, I, I think we're going to cover kind of all of those bases. That sounds fascinating. That, that's awesome. Um, and interesting in that, you know, you, you, you mentioned the, the, the coping with stress and, and recognizing, you know, stress in, in other people's, um, you know, they're just, I guess, recognizing their stress and, and, and I think understanding where that might be coming from and, and it's, you know, falling back on the disc you know, giving, giving tools to be able to recognize that and be aware of it can, can be, you know, can be uh, very enlightening, I guess, is the, it may make you a, a good leader. Um, question for you about that. And, in, in, you know, I know last year with the DISC coming into it, we had to do, you know, we did a, a, an assessment to, to start things out. Question for you is, you know, is there anything that, that any of our attendees this year need to do as far as I guess it's, it's pre-work or anything they need to do to uh, to be ready as they as they come into the training. No homework. Yay! <laughs> right. <laughs> Everybody's uh, favorite teacher already. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I will say this now. Now I hope there's homework coming out of it. Meaning you're going to use the stuff you learned, and I know you will because and this sounds a little pedantic, and I don't want this to scare people away. Like you all have a worksheet. But you're getting work done. So we're actually going to, again, I'm going to teach you a tool and a framework, but you're going to pen to paper, think about how you're going to communicate a real change you're going through, how you're thinking about your team and how they experience change. So um, you'll have work coming out of it. But again, it's work you were going to do anyway. So 
So no homework going into it, but I hope there will be homework coming out of it. And that's what you're going to put into practice. Um, but no, uh, we're all busy, right? Um, and so that, number one, I recognize that um, you're going to be out of the office for a couple of days. So the last thing I want to do is give you a few more things to do before you get there. Because uh, you're, you're going to have plenty to do because you're going to be out for a couple of days. Um, but I also say that, I say all that a little bit in jest. The most important thing to know is there's no pre-work coming into this because the model, again, is very similar. If you've learned DISC, you're going to see lots of similarities. Um, but the way that we look at it is it's much more on the fly model because um, most of us don't get assessment results when we're working with one another or trying mm -hmm. to help you manage through change. Like, I don't know what your DISC profile is. Um, but we're still going to have to work together. So uh, we just do it more on the fly, helping identify some behaviors, uh, to clues and cues to look for um, to better adapt and help people. Um, again, through change, but even just better communication. Awesome. I, that's that's exciting. And then I think, like you said, you know, that it won't, uh, you know, it, I think the the problem with, with do, you mentioned, you know, the amount of time that people are going to be gone and they're already taking time away from their office, and that's that, that work doesn't stop, right? It doesn't go away, so they're gonna they're gonna have that to, to work through. And you know, it, it, it's it's I think a lot easier to take something when you're excited about implementing it, like I hope we're gonna be coming out of this, versus doing pre work where it's like I don't even know why am I doing this? Like I don't understand it, and you know, I, I got this other stuff I should be doing, and why am I doing this? And I think you know this this is gonna be something totally uh totally different. We're uh, we're kind of running up on time here, Rusty. Is there anything else that you can think of that that you want people to to be thinking about as they're deciding on whether or not they they want to join us, or if they can take time out of their day, or anything like that? Any, any other messages you have for anybody? No, not really. I mean, just the general. You know, people get as much out of it as they put into it. So whether it is, you know, their job, uh, the association, joining this committee, you know, come in grow with us, um, join this professional development track, take the time to do it, and then you put effort into it. And the more you put into it, the more you'll get out of it. I think that's very, very, very good statement there. And you're, you're, you, you nailed it. That's the, you know, we've had conversations, you and I, about this, this the association and our group, you know, the, the committee, both, and, 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 one of the things that if we could encourage people to to be more involved, you will you will get out of it 100% what you what you put into it. So, Steph, anything from you from from a closing thought that uh, any other information or anything else you'd like to share with with potential attendees? Well, build on I, I think what I heard you all just say, and that is I might just ask people to be a little selfish. Um, this is an opportunity that's been presented to you to do some personal development, um, personal and professional development, right? Uh, as we've talked about, I think you'll get something out of it just even personally. Uh, so take the time out to do that. Uh, I'll back that up with research to say, I do lots of research around what makes good leaders today. And one of the number one skills organizations look for is that you're a lifelong learner. And so um, take this opportunity. You're being given... Um, you know, again, not an insignificant amount of time to come and invest in yourself. Um, so yeah, do it and come in with a 
kind of open mind and ready to learn and to share. So again, this will be successful if people are willing to share what they've learned, maybe challenges, maybe hardships, maybe some even failures, because techno, you, we we learn from our failure. So um, we'll, we'll foster some of that conversation. But again, interactive and very practical session. Awesome. That's really exciting. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And I want to thank you both again for joining me today. This event, again, for everybody listening, is February 7th and 8th in Columbia. You can visit moasphalt.org for more information and to get registered. Thank you for listening to Asphalt Talk, the podcast by and for asphalt professionals. If you've enjoyed listening and learned something, please leave us a review. Your review will help us connect with other professionals like yourself so we can keep this conversation going. 1992 called, they want their website back. Stop apologizing for your crappy site and stop working with that company who thinks hot mix is the latest snack craze. Work with folks who have been speaking your language for the past 17 years. And get a website that's not a gigantic pain in the you-know-what to build. Visit maycreate.com, that's M-A-Y-E create.com for a free consultation and quote. Because if you think your website sucks, so does everyone else. <laughs>